The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Good morning, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and you're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. I hope you all had a great 4th of July weekend. I know I did. You know, recently, we asked y'all to send in some of your favorite dog stories And I wanted to highlight one of my favorites. And I hope you guys are going to love it too. It's about a dog named Tucker. Well, Tucker's dad asked a handy neighbor to help him install a doggy door. Well, once the door was installed, the neighbor tried to coax Tucker out of the dog with a treat while Tucker's dad stayed inside the home trying to nudge him, basically pushing his butt through the door to get him to kind of start using the door. Well, the treat didn't work, so they tried to step it up with pizza that just recently was delivered. That was their treat. The men had their treat after they put this doggy door in. Well, they both went outside and tried to lure Tucker to come through the doggy door. And as a result, his reward would be that slice of pizza. So what they did is they took the slice of pizza and they kind of held it and waved it around the doggy door so Tucker would pick up those great smells of the pizza. And nothing happened. Well, after a few minutes, they couldn't understand why Tucker wasn't interested. So what did they do? They got down on their hands and knees, basically all fours, and they looked through the doggy door. And what did they find? Well, the deal was... Tucker decided he didn't want one slice of pizza. He climbed up on the counter, knocked the pizza box over, and ate all of the pizza. So when the men found him, that's what he was doing. Now, that's a smart Tucker. (laughs) So what are we going to talk about today on the Pet Buzz? Well, we're going to talk about fire safety with my friend Sharon Cooksey, who's a fire and safety expert. We've got a new green immune supplement by King Canine to talk about. And of course, there's a new nature show uh, narrated by the actor uh, Michael Jordan. And in segment one, All-American Pet Photo Day, held on July 11th, encourages pet owners to share their favorite pet photos. But to learn how to take the best photos, I decided to bring in an old friend. He's not so old, but he's a good friend. Notable pet photographer, Jim Dratfield of Photography. To me, he's the gold standard of pet photographs. Jim, welcome back to the Pet Buzz. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, Charlotte, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, first of all, I want to introduce you as notable. So let's talk a little bit of some of the celebrity clients that you had over the years. I know, for example, Henry Kissinger. I mean... He's a big one. He was one of your clients, right? This one, yeah, yeah. He was one of my first clients, actually, and stuff. But I've done, I've done shoots for Jennifer Aniston, Charlize Theron, Billy Joel, Elton John, Laura Dern. Um, but I think the funniest shoot I ever did was with Henry Kissinger. <laughs> so, 
Unbelievable. So politics, Hollywood, <laughs> and I know there are others that you probably just can't think of since there's so many over the years. But you mentioned Jennifer Aniston. Did you take a picture of her dog, Norm? Norman? No, it was, I think it was pre-Norm. It was um, a dog named Enzo. Enzo. Okay. But you did Oprah too, didn't you? Haven't you done No, I was supposed to. I was given as a gift to Oprah for her 40th birthday, actually. And I never did the shoot. It never, it never happened. So I think um, you need to write her and tell her, look, what about this birthday present that you never took advantage of? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about photographing pets. What is the most challenging aspect of photographing dogs and cats, for example? Well, I always say the hardest dog is easier than the easiest cat, first of all, because cats have a mind of their own and are very independent. And, you know, dogs, you can usually get them with a treat or there's a word that works, something that activates them um, and kicks in. But a cat shoot, you never know if you're going to get that or not. Okay. So let's talk about when photographing pets, what should you consider first? Well, I always look at the locale mm-hmm. and see, um, because you, you kind of hope, depending on the animal and their cooperation in, in a confined space where they're not going to run away and you're not going to have to chase them from room to room to room to room if you're shooting indoors or across the field if you're shooting outdoors. Um, so locale is really important. That's really, I never would think about that. So locale is really important. So make sure you have a confined space. Okay. Now here's the big one. When you and I were back in the day, we were shooting, when you were shooting me, you were using a camera, but so many people use cell phones. So when shooting pet pics, is there any difference between using a cell phone versus a camera? Well, yes. I mean, I'm not, I rarely shoot professionally i rarely shoot with my with my phone sure um because there's could be a lag time and the thing that's exhausting and wonderful about pet photography is you're looking for that split second literally less than a nanosecond i mean you're what you you never know when that animal is going to give you that that look and you have to be prepped for it and ready for that and you're it's exhausting you really have to be focused on the animal to see when they're going to give you that look. And if you do it with a phone, there may be a lag time between the time you push the button and the time the shot is actually taken. And that can be a problem. Okay. So really bring out those cameras and start taking some, go back to the old days and use your cameras. Okay. So when taking pictures of dogs and cats and a lot of people, you know, Jim, they love to dress them up in costume. What's one of the most important tips you can share with us? Well, I mostly photograph my animals in the nude. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Um, there are occasions when I will do a dressed animal. Um, uh, I really, I don't do enough with them to give you really good advice on how to photograph a costumed animal because I do it so infrequently. Sure. To be honest with you. Well, I, I was thinking about lighting. So um, how we started to talk about it. So how important is lighting? I mean, what's the best lighting should I, should I use? Well, I, when, I'm photogra- when I'm photographing outdoors, for example, it's, it's, I photograph what, what you call open shade, where it's not really dark out, but it's not in the bright sun. And I think there's a misnomer that a lot of people feel like they need to photograph in the sun to get the shot. And when you do that, you really set yourself up for some problems. You get contrasty light, you get squinting, 
and in open shade where it's not dark, but it's 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 even nice even light. It's like um like sort of an uh well well open shade is the best way to describe it. It's just it's not too dark, but it's not super super bright and it's even. And that that's that's the key lighting that you you want to go for. Even when you're shooting indoors, uh you know go by a window, but not in the stay away from the really bright bright sunshine. You know, uh, just try and get to that open shade. Yeah, I mean, I remember when you took my picture, it was like on a bridge on Central Park, and mm-hmm. it was like, it wasn't really sunny. It was nice. And I remember I was sitting down, and my Cocker Spaniels at the time, Katie and Kinner were on my left and right. I had my legs crossed. And, you know, I mean, it was just a very casual picture. And to be honest with you, it's one of the best pictures that I have ever had of me and my pets because it was such a relaxed type of shoot. And we were they were all groomed and everything. And I was just sitting there. I think I was wearing like a button-down Oxford and a pair of khaki pants. And oh, it was, I, didn't have you, I didn't have you nude, too. No, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't YouTube. Although I will tell you this, I've always wanted to do like this whole like mother nature thing, like nude, like I have, I mean, seriously, I want, I want to do that. I seriously, I want to do it. I've done that. I photographed um, uh, several times, actually. One was sort of a, a um, ode to the shot of the Richard Avedon shot of Nastasi Kinski and the snake where, Mm -hmm. where I did it with a Chinese crested. Uh, dog and the dog was covering the the private areas, you know, sort of. So you you got the the sense of nudity, but it wasn't like in your face, right? No, I always, you know what, I always wanted to be shot naked. Don't laugh. I mean, I have to say this; it's crazy, but I've always wanted to be shot naked on the streets of where I lived in Little Italy. Just like go. one morning at five o'clock. I don't know. Next time I come to New York, I'll call you. You know. Sounds fair. Okay, so we're going to take a commercial break and be back with photographer Jim Dratville talking about how to take the best pet pics. And also, you want to stay tuned because if you stick around with me in the next segment, we're going to have Flex Facts. Don't want to miss that. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. My name is Mike Ruiz and I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada and now I live in New Jersey. The thing that made me fall in love with Oliver was the very first time I met him, he was being fostered by a friend of mine whom I was visiting. I opened the door to my friend's house and Oliver came running up to me, sat at my feet and looked up at me with the most beautiful, big, brown, soulful eyes. And within 24 hours, I had filled out all the paperwork and Oliver was my son. I've experienced a lot of discrimination with Oliver. We would walk down the street and people would literally cross the street. We know when they would see us coming, you know, they saw like a menacing pit bull type dog. I just found it so baffling because Oliver was the sweetest, gentlest creature that I've ever met in my entire life. Sadly, I lost Oliver in August of 2018. I wanted to commemorate him in a way that was very meaningful. So I got this tattoo of him. It's just such an amazing thing. Knowing that I carry him in my heart, I now carry him on my arm. My name is Mike Ruiz, and Oliver and I are individuals. 
Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm talking with my old friend, Jim Dratfield. He's one of the best pet photographers that I know, and we're talking right now about how to take better pet pics. So what should the focal point of a pet pic be? Well, I always say the eyes are the window to the soul, you know, that saying. And they're so the, the beauty of a pet and an animal is they're so honest in the response to a camera. So you're not getting them feigning or, 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 or giving you attitude. I mean, they may give you attitude. A cat will certainly give you attitude from time to time and a dog too. But it's very honest. It's, it's not, um, it's just pure. And mm-hmm. I look for that first and foremost is the eyes. Uh, what are they giving me? And focus there. Now, it's sometimes the back of the, you know, I mean, I've done lovely profile shots and from the back of the head. But I think the, the most profound and, pure, you know, the loveliest shots I've ever had were really getting into the, into the soul, looking through the, into the eyes. Okay, cool. So this is one thing that you're known for. Black dogs, black cats. Right. And a lot of us have black dogs and black cats. Can you give us some tips for shooting black dogs and black cats? Um, well, this, this gets a little more complicated because it's, it's more um, mechanical. Mm-hmm. I, again, I'm using cameras. I'm not using phones. So I, I overexpose a half a stop, if that means anything to some people. Um, that's the best way to describe it. And I think it's the only way I can really describe how to, the best to photograph uh, a, a darker dog or cat is overexposing by half a stop. And, and it brings, you know, it just gives you a little bit more light to play with and, um, and, and more detail on the fur because the fur really soaks up light. Sure. I mean, it's, yeah. and it's, re- it's so hard and you have taken so many beautiful photos of black dogs and cats. Um, last question. How best should we capture the attention of a dog? Should it be like toys and treats? And with a cat, should it be a fishing pole toy? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I, I photographed um, two corgis once who responded to nothing. Food wouldn't do it. Toys wouldn't do it. But the woman told me there is a city in Wisconsin the dogs will respond to. So I, I tried gosh, I got nothing. I tried Green Bay. I said it got nothing. I said Milwaukee, and the dogs lit up and gave me everything I ever wanted in a photo shot. And I thought, these dogs are amazing. They know the city of Milwaukee. They're the great Milwaukee dogs. And she was laughing at me, the client, because what she was trying to tell me is use the word walk, but she didn't want to tell it to me so the dogs would get distracted by her saying it. So she found a way for me to say the word walk in Milwaukee, and the dogs loved taking walk. So that was the response. So the point of the story is there's always something. It's, it's, I usually start out with a treat, but then you get, sometimes you get dogs that salivate too much and that doesn't work or they just, they just get too crazy. Uh, I'll try a squeaky toy or I'll try a word. It might be a friend, the, the dog's friend, you know, another dog, you know, like, you know, you know, Soupy's coming over to play and they'll just get very, very excited uh, and focused. So, there is, I've been doing this for almost 30 years and there's always something that works out with a dog. Um, you'll always get it, whether it's a treat, a toy or a word. Um, Milwaukee, other- that is a great story. 
Thank That's you. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was really. <laughs> um, you just never know what's going to work with cats. I, I think those those toys where you read those fishing things are great toys to get the, to to lure them and to put the 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 focus right by the lens of the camera of the toy, so it looks like they're looking right into the lens, and when they're actually probably just fixated on the toy. You know, Jim, it's always great talking to you. I, you know, I gotta tell, I, I can tell you right today. I'm gonna tell three people that Milwaukee story because I think it's fantastic. Thank I, you. I, it really is, and it's. I always learn something new from you every time I talk to you. I mean, not only about this story, but just photography in general. And you know, it's really, I think. To capture our memories, we love our pets so much. It's always a great idea, just like the people in in our lives, to have pet pictures. So many times back in the day, I've known people who have never photographed their pet, then their pet passes on, and they always feel so horrible they don't have pictures. And we live in an age of social media where everyone is taking pictures. So I encourage you to take pictures of your pets. Absolutely doesn't have to be every day but it's just nice to capture those great photos those great moments so you always have something of you know this they don't live forever and i've had clients say you know the pictures meant a lot to me at the time that you photographed them but now after my pet has passed on my pet's passed on they really really mean something they're a really profound part of my family mm-hmm. and and that's that's really important to have that keepsake Absolutely. Well, Jim, thanks so much for being here with me. But before you go, give me your website so we can share it with everyone listening out there. It's www.petography.com. And I, I go all over the country doing this. So if you're in Oshkosh or in Milwaukee, you might, you might give me a shout and I'll, I may be coming to your home to photograph your pet. Great. I am so glad that you were able to spend some time with me today, Jim. It's great having you here. Thank you. Just to remind you, that was Jim Dratfield of Photography for All American Pet Photo Day. Dress up your pets, take them to the park, or create a unique backdrop and use Jim's tips. But most importantly, when you post your pet photos, use the hashtag All American Pet Photo Day. And now it's time for Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! So, Doc, what are we going to talk about today? As temperatures rise, we need to take precautions with our dogs, especially when it comes to summer heat and humidity. We are going to talk about how to keep your dog cool this summer. Okay, so give us tip number one. Have plenty of fresh cold water available. Whether you're taking your dog on a hike or just playing in the backyard, it's important to make fresh cold water available and accessible for him. When you're out and about, bring a portable collapsible water bowl or a squirt bottle. Give him small amounts of water every 15 to 20 minutes during his activity. Make sure you have enough cool water to last the entire time you're gone. If your dog starts panting excessively, get him to the shade and give him more water right away. For a 45 to 50 pound dog, 
Don't let them drink more than four to eight ounces of water at a time. After they've had time to absorb it and get it out of their stomach, give them some more 10 or 15 minutes later. Okay, what about another tip? Let your dog play in the water. Oh, that's a fun tip. Yep. A wet dog is a cool dog. I recommend planning outdoor summer activities with your pooch so they involve some water play each time. Sprinklers, pools, or lakes can all be fun and cooling. Just remember to bring some old towels to dry off after he's done playing. Okay. What about midday heat, Doc? Not encouraged for midday heat activity, but simply just avoid it. You and your dog can exercise outside any time of the day, depending upon the heat and humidity. A mild overcast day with low humidity might be okay for a midday walk or a run. If it's sunny, 80 degrees and high humidity, it's better to avoid the midday heat. If you do need to get some exercise at those times, try to go early in the morning or later in the evening when it's not as hot. Remember to check the temperature of the pavement too before you go. Even on milder days, asphalt can get extremely hot in direct sun. Put your hand on the pavement to test the temperature. You can also pour water on blacktops. If it, is immediately, if it immediately steams up, it's too hot for your dog. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, that's a good idea because you can actually take that water bowl that you're going to take out with you or that squirt bottle and just pour it on the pavement. So I think those are great tips. Okay, so what about, and we always talk about this, but I really want you to review this. Can you review the dog in hot car situations? Yeah, rule of thumb. Never sit in a parked car. Don't leave your dog in a parked car ever, even when the windows are cracked. Even on milder days, Temperatures inside the car can quickly rise to dangerous, life-threatening levels. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, cars parked in direct sunlight can reach internal temperatures up to 131 to 172 degrees Fahrenheit when it's 80 degrees Fahrenheit to 100 degrees Fahrenheit outside. If you want to take your dog on a road trip this summer, in the car with air conditioning is fine. Keep an eye on him to see if he starts panning, though. If the dog isn't acclimated to travel, the extra anxiety associated with traveling can be enough to put a dog over the edge. You know, depending on where you live, a lot of people could keep their dogs outside with dog houses. Now, I don't necessarily recommend that because dogs are pack animals. So tell us about your thoughts uh, as dog houses for shady spots. Yeah, unfortunately, I think we're seeing less and less dogs in dog houses outside. So, nope, stay out of the dog house during that heat. Mm-hmm. Dog houses don't allow for airflow, which makes them dangerous in the summer heat. If you need to keep outside dogs cool in summer, give them plenty of shady areas to lounge in with fresh, cool water on hand. Adding ice to the water bowl can help too. So anything else, Doc? That's all the Flex Facts for this week. That was great. A lot of things I didn't think of, and I'm glad you talked about dog houses specifically and water play. That's a great way to go 
play fetch with your dog, you just have to be careful, right, that your dog doesn't slip on the wet grass. So important with the heat and humidity just elevating to temperatures and uh, with the humidity just terribly right now. So please think of your pet even more than you think of yourself. Up next, the I Likey of the Week and Sharon Cooksey, our, fi- our pet fire and safety expert, is back with us to talk about American Pet Fire Safety Day. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the pet buzz. So I'm a cat and I just moved in with this new human and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week she asked it for Chinese and guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Welcome back. You're listening to the Peppas, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let me kick off this segment with my I Likey of the Week. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's to die for. I like it. You know, summer can be stressful for pets with travel plans, boarding kennel stays, visitors coming to your home, and of course, drastic changes in temperature. So how can we keep our pets healthy? Well, stress, of course, can take a toll on it, on our bodies, and of course, it can take a toll on our pets too. So supplements can really can help. They can be an answer. So consider King Canine's Green Immune Plus. This cutting edge supplement is a combination and it is the perfect support system for canine joints, skin, coat care, and antioxidant health. It's rich in glucosamine and chondroitin, vitamin C and E, antioxidants, and minerals such as copper, zinc, selenium, all for your pets. You know, making them healthy. You know, this green supplement is best for overall health and wellness. And for more information, visit kingkanine.com. That's king, K-A-N-I-N-E.com. Okay, now it's time for Celebrity Pet News. You know, People's 2020 Sexiest Man Alive was Michael Jordan, not the basketball player. But you know him, he's an Emmy-nominated actor and producer. He just did that Tom Clancy movie, Without Remorse. He has a new show, that's Michael Jordan, coming to Disney Plus this month. Jordan is the narrator of a new six-part National Geographic series called America the Beautiful. America the Beautiful takes viewers across North America, diverse landscape from the highest peaks of Denali to deep in the swamps of Florida, introducing them to the brave and bizarre animals that populate the country. And all of the action is narrated by Jordan. It seemed that people had a sneak peek 
at what animal lovers can expect from the new series. I'm going to make sure we share that on our social media channels. In the clip, a tiny toad faces a big problem. A hungry snake is chasing him. An amphibian is able to dodge his pursuers by cleverly hiding in a snail shell until the snake gives up the hunt. You know, it kind of reminds me of back in the day when I was uh, young, very young, and the family used to sit around on Sunday and watch Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I love those Sunday nights together and I love to learn more about animals. And that's probably why I'm sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in right now. So definitely check out America the Beautiful. Uh, from what I understand, it starts in the beginning of July. Well, to help reduce the estimated 500,000 pets affected by home fires each year, in July of 2019, the American Kennel Club and ADT Security Services launched the National Pet Fire Safety Day. This nationwide awareness day educates pet owners about potential risk when pets are left home alone and provides them with proven prevention measures to ensure their safety. And joining us today to give us some helpful uh, tips, uh, fire and safety tips is our, is my good friend, Sharon Cooksey. You know her. She's been on the show many times before. We always love having her. Hello, Sharon, and welcome back. We are so glad you're here visiting with us on the Pet Buzz today. Hi. So great to be here. Always love to, uh, talking with you about safety, particularly pet safety, and just chatting with you in general. This is a fantastic show. Wouldn't miss yeah. it for the world. Oh, well, thank you so much for that. We're always happy to we're always happy to hear that we have lots and lots of fans. And you know, the nice part is so many of our fans are our guests on the show. So that always <laughs> makes me feel extra specially uh, really good. So let's talk about why it makes sense to consider pets in fire prevention plans. Well, you see me holding my pet, Mr. Xander here, the love bug. Um, a lot of people are like me and you. They consider their pets to be part of their family. In fact, that number is overwhelming. It's uh, north of 90% of pet owners consider their pets to be part of their family, full-fledged family members. So make sure to shore up their safety, especially when you are not home because pets as you mentioned earlier, are also susceptible to a home fire. So we want to make sure that every family, every family member, two-legged and four-legged, can stay safe in case of an emergency. Yeah, and I think you're right, you know, and also it's because this is one of the days that it's uh, founded by the AKC, which you know they're very big and responsible pet ownership. And I think that also includes keeping pets safe and planning for the unexpected emergencies, including house fires. And, you know, it's funny that you would think that you would think of this holiday more in the wintertime with mm -hmm. uh, lights and Halloween and candles. But, you know, in a, in a way it makes sense because as we move out of the summer going into the fall, at least these things will have time to percolate in our brains, I think. Exactly. Exactly it. And also during the summer months, families take vacations mm. oftentimes, right? And 
many people, rather than taking their pet to a kennel, they might keep their pet at home and hire a dog sitter like I do. I hire a dog sitter. So making sure that that pet knows how to react and respond in case they hear a smoke alarm or a carbon monoxide alarm is really critical. And I just want to mention that Fire safety planning, escape planning is absolutely essential. If you, as a listener, haven't practiced your escape planning in the past six months, please do it now. And if you are a pet parent, make sure that you include your pets as well. So for every one pet, assign one human to make sure that they get out. Right. No, it's so, funny that you're talking about that because I, you know, before we decided to have you, before I decided to have you on the show this morning, this morning I actually I was buying uh, fire safety equipment for my studio. I needed to get a mounted fire extinguisher as well as, um, you know, carbon monoxide detectors as yeah. well as smoke alarms. And yeah. you know, obviously, I'm not here that much. There's thousands of dollars worth of uh, studio equipment in the studio uh, as well as my prop room and things like that. But it just made me realize like the overall plan and your overall plan should include making sure you have fire extinguishers in your home as well as getting out of the windows. So what I'm going to ask you now is just share some tips with us, things that we can be mindful of. Uh, Cause I think that's really important. So Absolutely. The, the first uh, most common cause of a pet fire is a pet jumping up onto the range or the stovetop for leftover food. So the first thing I want you to keep in mind is to remove the food from the stovetop. Put it away, put it in the refrigerator and get it out of sight of your animal. So many times we'll see that pets will jump up. They'll accidentally hit the burners on that stove and they'll turn the stove on. This has happened many, many times. In fact, the NFPA believes that about a thousand fires are started by pets every year. So remove that hazard. If you are uh, leaving your home, look for things that Pets could accidentally ignite, like removing the knobs from the stovetop, like putting out open flames. I strongly recommend the use of flameless candles. Those live flames from a traditional wick candle are really uh, appealing to pets oftentimes, especially cats and kittens. So make sure to keep those out of reach if you're using a traditional wick candle with a real flame or use those flameless candles. They are so easy. I have them all over my home. Uh, all you have to do is hit the on button and no open flame, no fire hazard. They're run by batteries. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I am a candle lover. And, you know, when you, I have numerous candles, I buy them when they're on sale. So I have tons of them and I keep them on my coffee table, which is fairly low. And yeah. one of the things I always make sure before I leave my house and before I go to bed, I make sure that those candles are off. Now my dogs are smaller now, but I did have Hannah the golden retriever and I was always worried about her jumping on the stove. So one of the things that we do, um, cause I don't feed my pets in the kitchen like most people do. Um, I also, we don't, the dogs are not, I mean, we don't really 
allow them in the kitchen as much. I mean, that sounds weird. Like they eat outside, they drink water outside the kitchen. And then my house is very open. So they have cages in the library and that's primarily where they eat. And what's nice about it is they're near a door. So when you walk into our home, you can look at the all the way at the end and there's the library and there's the dog. So you can always get the dogs out through yeah. the back door. And, really? and and it wasn't done purposefully, but I like to keep them in crates when I'm gone. If I'm gone, maybe a half an hour or running an errand, maybe I'll leave them out. But if I'm going to be gone more than an hour, then I crate them. And I think that's a really good idea because a lot of times pets will chew wires, right, Sharon? Yeah. <laughs> Xander is a wire chewer. Uh, yes, okay. absolutely. I can tell you that he, when I was at home, he chewed through a wire and swallowed part of it. And my vet and I had an emergency situation because the copper in that electrical wiring can actually be toxic to pets. So we had to watch him for seven to 10 days to make sure that he didn't react to it. So absolutely, I strongly recommend crating your animals when you are gone. It keeps them safe right? Keeps them out of mischief, keeps everyone in the household safe, including the pets. And what you just mentioned is brilliant. We absolutely want every pet to be near an entrance. Why? When you crate them, crate them near an entrance. And here is why. In case of an emergency, first responders can access and rescue your pets much more quickly than they can if, say, it's in the bedroom in the back of the house, not near an, an exit, near a door. So make it easier for first responders in case of an emergency. It helps keep your pets safe. And especially puppies. Like I mentioned, uh, Xander was a puppy when he chewed through the wire. I turned at five minutes max. I turned around and he had chewed through a wire and he had swallowed it. And bits of it. And so just, you know, keep an eye out. And especially if you're not there, make sure to keep them crated. Hold that thought, Sharon. I'm going to have a few more questions. Can you stick around for another segment? For you, 100%. Okay. Well, everyone, just hang on because we still have to spew about celebrity pet news. And of course, tell me something good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. So welcome back. This is Petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and you're listening to the Pet Buzz. I'm talking to my dear friend, Sharon Cooksey. She's a fire and safety expert. You've heard her on this show before. She's one of our favorite guests. She's definitely one of our dream team members. Uh, and we're talking about fire safety. July 15th is American Pet Fire Safety Day. So Sharon is here with us sharing 
sharing some tips. So we just really covered tips. So now I want her to talk about equipment. What type of equipment should we have in our homes? Well, for pet parents, I'm just going to lead off with the rescue my pet sticker. So we strongly recommend these. Place them near an entrance or an exit. So like if you have windows next to your door, place it next to the door. And this is really important for first responders. First responders can look for these and it can signal to them that there are pets inside that do need rescuing. So start there. But we strongly recommend the use of smoke alarms, at least one on every floor. Now, codes vary from region to region and from city to city. So check with your local fire department or fire marshal to see what your local codes are. The general minimum, and I'm saying minimum, is one smoke alarm on every floor. And I strongly recommend one in the bedroom because Roughly half of all home fires occur in the traditional sleeping hours between 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. So we want you to wake up, basically. So make sure that you have working smoke alarms in um, the bedrooms and at least one on every floor. Now, what's a working smoke alarm? I get this question a lot. A working smoke alarm means that, number one, it is under 10 years of age right? Number two, it has a power source. That means that it's hardwired um, or if it's battery powered, that it has a fresh battery in it. I strongly recommend the use of smoke alarms with a built-in 10-year battery, either as a backup with a hardwired smoke alarm or as a standalone for those special applications. And number three, that you hit the test button and it responds positively. Now, in older smoke alarms, and here is the trick here, in older smoke alarms, that button really only served as a device to tell you that it had power. A lot of people falsely think that, like my smoke alarm that was installed in 1985, I'm hitting the test button and it's still responding positively or it's sounding the way it should. It's still working. That is probably not the case. All that button is telling you is that there's power, not that it's still sensing smoke. Sure. Every expert on the planet will tell you that at 10 years, every smoke alarm needs to be replaced. So smoke alarms, there's a ton of them on the market, right? There's a ton of types. There are some specifically for the kitchen. There are some that are ionization. There's some that are photoelectric. It really depends on the application and your specific situation. So if anybody has any questions, they can hit me up on Insta or Facebook or Twitter, and I will be happy to answer any specific questions. You know, I also think it's good to have fire extinguishers, cameras in your house, especially if you're leaving your pets alone. I mean, there are some... um, Years ago, I had worked for a company called Leo, and you plug it in, and it's direct, you know, connected to the internet, and it connects with fire uh, and police if you're ha- if something happens to your house, and then you're on the list to get called. So that's really good. The other thing that a lot of people do not think about is if you cannot get to your front door, how do you get out of your house? And that's via the windows, mm-hmm. and you have to. Ma- now I have old windows in my house. I live in Florida. I have jealousy windows. I'm still thin enough that I can fit through the jealousy window. I will eventually have to replace them. But once the windows are open, you have to 
also think about what's outside that window. You need to have foliage if you want to have foliage around your house that's soft enough to make it easy to get your child, your dog, or yourself out the window. And that's really important. Um, but, you know, Sharon, uh, you know, Sharon and I could go on for hours. Yes. We can. <laughs> we, we, are, we are gal pals and we can just... We can just talk and talk and talk. And it's, you know, in some ways, I wish we lived so much closer to each other because we'd be hanging out a lot. We would. 100%. We would. We would. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for being here with us. It's always a joy and it's always really educate. It's fun, but it's educational. You know what I'm saying? Thank so you. it's, it's, so, you know, obviously we'll have you come back because there are more hazards coming up in the fall. So we'll definitely yes. have you back in a few months. Um, but, um, yeah, so thanks for being here, always. Thank you for letting me be and talk about that important topic of pet fire safety. And, you know, here's the thing. She makes it such a joy to learn about, did you hear her go on about smoke, smoke alarms? She makes it actually really interesting to listen to her, and that's why I really like having her on. And just this morning, I was buying some fire extinguishers and some smoke alarms and some carbon dioxide monitors. And, of course, I was, Sharon was foremost. What would Sharon do? I said to myself, would she buy that one? And actually, by using that guide, it kind of helped me. Well, everybody, uh, stick around. Because uh, you're going to find out what's next. When I come back, I'm going to fill you in on some global pet news. And of course, tell me something good. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, now for global pet news. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. You know, it's that time of the year again. And I must remind you not to leave dogs in hot cars. While recently in Salt Lake City, an officer pulled a dog out of an unlocked car and tried to cool it down and administer first aid. Unfortunately, the animal who was left in the car for over an hour ultimately stopped breathing. Officials went on to say that dogs can't release heat from sweating like humans can, which means their internal body temperature rises quickly. That can cause them to get heat stroke and possibly die. And most at risk are senior dogs, puppies, and those with flatter faces. Think of your French bulldogs. Think of your English bulldogs. Think of your English toy spaniels, your boxers, and so on and so forth. And you probably want to know if the dog died, what happened to the owner? Well, another owner who probably loved their dog is now faced with animal cruelty. But what I found most interesting about the Salt Lake City case and the response from officials involved in this was that on average, animal control officers with Salt Lake City County Animal Services respond to approximately 500 calls a year for dogs left in hot cars. Now, that's just in Salt Lake City. Imagine a larger locale or a larger city, a place like Atlanta or a place like Birmingham, Alabama, or a place like Florida, or even Amarillo, Texas. So that obviously is going to double and triple and quadruple. So if you see a dog left in a hot car, call 
police immediately. We do not need any dogs dying in hot cars. And don't feel bad to shame the owner. I did it once when I used to live in Little Italy in New York. Uh, a couple was spending the day in Chinatown and they were going to, or shopping in Chinatown for an hour. And a guy left a Yorkie in his hot, in his hot car. It was a Mercedes. And I warned him, do not leave that dog in the hot car. He went ahead and did. While his family went out, he probably wanted to go have lunch. And guess what? I called the police. And when he came back, now the police, they could choose to react or not react. But I did call the police. I did wait. And I did explain what happened to the police. And I wasn't trying to be a busybody, but I was trying to save the life of that dog. Now, in Salt Lake City... The officials went on to, to say they plead with everyone, please do not leave your dog at home, leave your dog at home unless you're able to take him inside with you or unless you're able to keep him with you. They say one good rule of thumb, if it's over 70 degrees outside, don't leave your dog in the car ever for any length of time. Well, I am going to take a step further. I would never leave my dog alone in a car. Uh, and I know it's hard to say that if you're, especially if you're traveling, dogs can't go into the rest stop. Um, I have special screens on my car that I can stick in my windows. If I have to go to a rest stop, it's very difficult these days with the amount of dog theft that is going on. So, and especially if it's under like 45 degrees, they say, don't leave your dog in a cold car. So my rule of thumb, unless it's a dire emergency, like you have to run in to go to the bathroom or you have to go pick some, you know, your kid up or something, do never leave your dog in a car. And especially do not leave your dog in the car with the car running uh, for fear somebody might steal the car as well as the dog or the dog could actually jump across the front seat and put the car in gear and run into something. So let's, uh, let's end this show with tell me something good because we always need to hear some good motivating news. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. I love this part of the show. It may be the end of the show, but it's always an inspiration for the week to come. It makes me think of uh, that the world is still good with so many good people and good dogs. Well, eight years ago, after he went missing, a pit bull named Harley was reunited with his family living halfway across the country, authorities said. In 2013, uh, Harley's mom, uh, Betsy DeHaan, adopted Harley from Lee County Domestic Animal Services in Fort Myers, Florida. But within a year, Harley disappeared. DeHaan searched and searched for this dog. She put up posters. She did everything that she could possibly do, uh, but still no Harley. Um, and really, the family stopped, never stopped looking for him until they moved to Gainesville, Missouri. The funny thing is that they never got another dog. It was like there was just a space in their home and in their hearts 
but another dog couldn't fill it. Well, over the holiday weekend, a local family spotted a brown pit bull in a neighborhood 15 miles south of downtown Fort Myers. Not knowing what to do, the family texted a family friend to volunteer at a local animal rescue center, and they sent her a video. The video showed a dog that was in really bad shape with these really long, overgrown nails that were all bent over, uh, and he was really dirty and he's very thin. Eventually, the shelter went out, captured the dog, they checked his microchip, and they found that this, in fact, was Harley. Uh, the shelter workers notif notified that poor Harley, or they noted that poor Harley was so, so sweet and so happy, and all he wanted was love and attention. The love and attention that he had missed for such a long time living on the streets. I think what I really love about this story is the streets never changed this dog. He was still the same loving, sweet dog that he was when he disappeared eight years ago and when they got him into the shelter. Uh, eventually, as you asked what happened to Harley, eventually the shelter called his owners, thank goodness for a microchip. Uh, that had information on it. It's important. I got my mic, my dog's microchipped uh, today, so I was happy to get that done today. But the shelter uh, called his owners, and the owners were so happy that Harley had been found. Um, and the shelter agreed to keep him until the owners could drive 1,200 miles to pick him up. Well, Harley is on his way home. Uh, he's going to be reunited with his family um, in his new home in Missouri. Uh, and from what I understand, he is still the same great snuggler. And like I said, this story appealed to me so much because Harley never changed. The streets and his condition never changed him. Well, as we always say, it's too soon to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're going to talk about summer travel, the great places to go, how to pack for travel. We're also going to talk about heat stroke. As these days get hotter, uh, we it's so easy to get overheated. It, and it's for us as well as our dogs. We're also going to do talk about what to do. What's the remedy for summer thunder and lightning that scares our dogs? Well, of course, we want to give uh, special thanks to Jim Dratfield and Sharon Cooksey. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz.
What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. Tevra Pet and Slim Paws, proud supporters of the Pet Buzz.